start now on practicing kindness for yourself, really looking into the way and how to congratulate yourself for even the smallest tasks. I'm Leon Guidry, and this is the Brother Be Well podcast, sponsored by Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative. Today, we're addressing trauma and healing with an emphasis on boys and men of color. It's about to get real with our hosts, experts, and guests. Gather around, y'all. Hi, I'm Michael P. Coleman, content director for Brother Be Well. Human nature often drives us to focus on what's wrong rather than what's right. We ruminate sometimes on what has to be fixed and sometimes breeze right past the successes that we achieve along the way, always looking ahead to the next challenge. One of my mentors, Oprah Winfrey, says, the more you praise and celebrate your life, the more there is in life to celebrate. I think we can all agree with Ms. Winfrey. Celebrating generally is a very good thing. Today, we're going to discuss the importance of short pauses to celebrate successes with ourselves and with those who are in our care, especially during our mental health journeys. We're having this conversation with a good buddy of mine, Mirela Giddings, Associate Marriage and Family Therapist at HearYou.org. Mirela, how are you? I'm doing good. I am very interested to talk about this topic. Me too. I can't wait to get into it. It's not something we talk about a lot. So let's let's have some fun and, and get into this one if you don't mind. Let's go. First of all, let's touch on that human nature bit that I mentioned in the intro. Would you agree with the assessment that it's human nature to focus on what's wrong rather than what's right instead of reflecting on successes and what's going well? I would absolutely agree with that, that it is much easier to do that. And I've read a couple of different reasons for why that is, with one of them being it's like a very persistent evolutionary tactic for us in terms of survival. But I think the one that I lean more towards is that it is easier to criticize than it is to create. And what that means is that it's so easy to point out the flaws, you know, what's currently difficult, what's knowing, what's not going right. Because it's a win-win situation. If you think it'll go bad and it does go bad, then there's no real letdown. But if you think positive and it goes bad, well, shoot, like now you can feel worse. And it is much harder to create a positive from the situation, even allow yourself to acknowledge those positives, big or small, during an overall difficult scenario. So that's why it's easier to celebrate grand wins where others are also celebrating with you than to do so daily on your own. I, that's really interesting information. Before we go into my, my next question, I've got to ask you, what's the evolutionary thing? I didn't find that. So why, what's the evolutionary link to focusing on what's wrong? So I read that, for instance, say there is like a tree that has the fruit that you want to eat, but you have a predator that is stalking you. You're in danger now, right? So you need to focus on the danger because you need to survive rather than focus on, but there's this food over there that can also help you survive. And that's a good thing. Whereas you need to be focusing on the overall, which is be cautious, stay alive, acknowledge that there's this negative thing happening that will keep you from getting to the positive. Yeah, I get it. I never thought of it before, but I totally get that. So interesting to, to, to think of it that way. Um, a number of studies that I found, and they've suggested that celebrating brings significant benefits, including improved physical health and better coping strategies. People who take the time to reflect on and celebrate their successes, these studies suggest, are generally more optimistic, they take better care of themselves, and they tend to be less stressed. All great things, right? Right. 
Would you give us your take on that, either agree or not? And if you agree, would you expound upon some of that for the Brother Be Well family? Yeah, so I would agree with that. Celebrating success is a way to process how you got to that point. And it can be very validating for the self, as well as a testament to your own fortitude and resilience. It also allows for a very good reflective process. So what do I, what did I do to get to this success slash accomplishment? And what can I take from this to incorporate for future journeys in terms of, you know, how did I get through those rough patches? How did I take care of myself to get here? Um, which in turn lends itself to really recognizing what you need in terms of self-care rather than how a, a lot of people, and even I do this, is we tend to continue to grind until burnout because all we see is the one big goal at the finish line. <laughs> yeah, we all kind of do that, right? You said, you said and we're going to talk about goal setting a little bit later, but sometimes if the mountain's pretty high, you're just so focused there and you, and you can get burnout if you, if you don't slow down and, and acknowledge some small successes, you know, getting up a flight of stairs. I should know this math, but getting up a flight of stairs, it's either 10 or 12 steps, right? So every step is an accomplishment. You don't have to wait till you get to the whole flight to, to say you're doing something. So it's a, it's a reminder that we all, we all kind of need. I've been told, Mirelle, I've been waiting to talk to you about this one, this whole conversation actually all week, but, but I found out that the act of celebrating is actually very, very good for our brains. Uh, celebrating successes releases endorphins like dopamine. What's your take on that? Tell us what that's all about. I mean, definitely. Um, it. I can definitely understand why it would be good for our brains. I mean, you're essentially hyping yourself up for something that you accomplish, but I think it also really depends on how one chooses to celebrate. We hear the word celebrate and we envision usually like a party or some great outburst of energy, but that isn't always true. It should be tailored to how a person wants to effectively treat themselves to that accomplishment. So such as allowing themselves the opportunity to grab dinner at a restaurant they've been putting off or maybe play a video game that they haven't had time for. For a common thing I hear is the introvert will want a cup of wine and the extrovert will buy those tickets to the concert they wanted to see. You want to learn how to celebrate in a way that provides maintenance for yourself. <laughs> I, I love that. And it's probably not um, hard for you to assume I'm buying the tickets. <laughs> I'm the extrovert. I, I I could envision, you know, sometimes for me, celebrating might just be, you know, as you said, something that you you haven't had time for, just making time for that bike ride, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, a trip to an amusement park or something like that, that you haven't yet made time for. So I think I think your point, figuring out what is the reward for you and what works for you and is healthy for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Should we, my next question, should we celebrate every single win? This is a difficult one because I, I think it can get a little tricky. So I'm going to say that I think we should, but we don't. And it depends a lot on how you were raised. So if you're humble, you might not make a big deal about it. If you're hard on yourself, you may see this accomplishment as something that should have been done sooner or better. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you believe this was guaranteed and not really a challenge worthy of celebration. For others, they may see it as 
I could have done this so easily. How are others not stepping up their game? So a lot of this can be mitigated by educating on how celebration can be perceived in different ways. And again, is the way you're celebrating serving you in the way you need? So yes, we can celebrate everyone. I think we just need to be a little bit cautious on how we do that. I, I, I love your answer. And I purposely didn't lead you in the answer because I really, I have an opinion. I, I agree with you. We should celebrate every win, but and we'll get into this in a second. It, it can be a bit of a, a slippery slope. When I think about celebrating every win, I'm remembering raising my kids. And when they were little, schools decided to stop um, acknowledging the valedictorian because mm-hmm. They didn't want uh, the other kids to feel. And I always felt, well, but that one kid worked really hard. Shouldn't we? Mm-hmm. You know, we got to we got to celebrate those. And I don't necessarily think, you know, when you when you in sports, um, I'm a sports fan. And at the time of this production, we're watching the NBA finals. One team's got to win. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. you got two great teams by the time you get to that level. But one team has to win. So I do believe in celebrating every win. But I know it's a tricky question. So I appreciate you waiting into that. Beautifully Thank done. You. Beautifully done. Can you, as we talk about celebrating every win, and this has been maybe today, this is my, my favorite question that I got to ask you. Can you differentiate between celebrating successes and bragging? I mean, the, the latter I find particularly aggravating, uh, especially on social media. So I'm wondering, you're an associate marriage and family therapist, can you differentiate between celebrating successes and being braggadocious in what you've done? So, yes. Um, Hearing that question, my response, my immediate response is like, I think of when I sometimes see these people who are constantly celebrating themselves every day, my mindset can very much be like, good for you, I guess. Or I just overall have like this really bitter feeling of like, seriously, things cannot be this good for them. And Something I've acknowledged is that a lot of it does depend on background. So if I know that person is rich or has some type of privilege, my irritation is greater than if I know that that person has struggled and I personally feel they deserve where they are now. And that's where that slippery slope is, I think, in terms of personally, is because that mentality is parallel to one's own self-reflection. What makes me not deserving of celebration? Why do I feel like if I share my well-earned accomplishments, it will be seen as bragging? And what keeps me from treating myself? Um, And a lot of that could be expectation, right? So sometimes the reason we keep ourselves from doing that is what are others going to expect from this? What will others expect from me to continue or do? And what do I truly feel I deserve? Um, So I kind of... Does, does that answer your question a little it bit? Does. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I, I, I just a quick follow up to that, um, because when you talked about privilege and, and your reaction, I loved your reaction. I was glad I wasn't on camera because I, I started to laugh when you said it, because your reaction is the same as mine. Good for you. <laughs> that's great. Oh, my God. What a great, beautiful car. Or look at that big, ugly house or whatever. But I, I started to think, there, is there a difference between celebrating and then celebrating on social media. We've, d- we've done a, a number, a couple different um, uh, videos on the effects of social media. And, I, and I, this just occurred to me over the weekend. There's a difference. If I'm very proud of something I've done, I don't, I don't have to post that on social media. I can celebrate, get the dopamine in my head without doing that. Would you agree there? Bit of an aside. No, yeah, absolutely. The, the, I think 
where it starts getting to kind of where it's a little bit concerning is like if you need absolutely need that validation to start feeling good about what you're accomplishing and you start doing it less about your own self-improvement or self-motivation or what you want and it's more so how do I it people pleasing essentially so you're not serving yourself you're doing things for these other individuals and that's where I think social media can get really dangerous because like you're now trying to fabricate things without really processing how it's affecting you or others around you in the long term because you just want to see you know that upticks and likes comments or brand dealing whatever that may be so you're not serving yourself anymore got it totally got it didn't even think about it as not serving self anymore that's perfect perfect way to think about it i'll think about that the next time i'm on facebook and i have to i scroll through some things and maybe go wow okay um, talk to me about, um, after treating yourself after a success, um, or, or rather what about treating yourself after that success? Is that a good plan or do you need to be aware so that you don't fall into danger there? What I'm, what I'm thinking at, what I was trying to get into with this question was, uh, early in my life, I used food as a reward and, mm-hmm. and I, learned that I was kind of sabotaging my own health. If, if at every success, you know, there's a cookie or a calorie rich dessert or something that's not terribly healthy for me, then I I started sabotaging my own physical health as as I was thought I was giving myself a mental health reward. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. So treating yourself is definitely a form of celebration. But I do think there needs to be self-reflection on is it actually deserved, which is where I say, like, this is a difficult topic because we want to celebrate, but we also take it into consideration because yes it can be a slippery slippery slope if your celebrations are now greatly outweighing your accomplishments or are being used to justify negative behaviors so you know people who use every single little accomplishment for instance as an excuse to not be responsible so an example i like to use is i went to work today so I deserve to treat myself to gambling with the money that I earned because that's what I enjoy. But as your therapist, if I know that your gambling addiction is causing a much greater impact on your quality of life, we'll want to do some reframing on what is actually needed and what can be an appropriate celebration or moderation of that. I so wish you had been my therapist Uh Years ago, I used to be in sales and I caught myself, Mireya, I was in advertising sales. Mm-hmm. Every time I closed a sale, I went and bought something. Like I, I realized I was, you know, I was, I had to spend money. And then when I realized I wasn't making that much of a commission, so I'm like, my, my, my checkbook was actually, the balance was lower because I was rewarding myself every single time. So I, then I, that's when I started, and we're going to talk about goal setting a little bit. That's when I started saying, how about a monthly goal? If I meet that monthly target, then I can treat myself to something. But it's not, you know, every time somebody signs a contract, I'm kind of sabotaging myself in a way. Exactly. Sabotaging the self. That's a really good way to put that. Yeah. Yeah. One of, we, we talked about goals a little bit. Um, so I want to ask you about it. One of the strategies, again, that's worked for me is setting small achievable goals. If I'm thinking about health and fitness, um, when I started riding my bike, I didn't say, you know, I got to do a 25 mile bike ride every day. I said, can I do five miles? Can I, then it was six, then it was seven. Now I'm up to almost 10. So what can you say about as from the perspective of a mental health clinician, what does setting small achievable goals and then celebrating those successes as you ramp things up, what's that do for you? 
Yeah. So short-term goals, right? People talk about them all the time and they're important in terms of the long run to getting that bigger goal because they give you something to look forward to in the interim. So if you're saying, you know, I've been doing this amount of work for whatever number of time, but my main goal is so far off um, and that's it, you don't celebrate in their short-term goals, you're going to feel like you are grinding forever and that you're not actually getting any closer to your dream and you're causing yourself more stress by doing that. Being able to have those those short-term goals, those small accomplishments and celebrations are what can re-motivate you to keep moving forward in a way that keeps all other parts of yourself healthy. So the mental, the um, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional—you really, you really, really need those because if not, you're going to you're going to burn out, and you're going to feel like even if you do get to that goal, while the reward is really great, <laughs> yeah. you're going to feel a lot better had you given yourself those small moments of reprieve on the way to get there. And it's, it's such it's um even the way you talk about it, Mirella. I I never really thought about celebrating successes as self care. And we've talked mm-hmm. about self care a lot on this platform. It's really a great way to take care of yourself and to pause and wow, I did that. Whatever the that is, I I accomplished it. I feel good. You you're smi- I'm smiling as I'm thinking about my next one. My next one will be completing this video when we're done. Wow, we can say we actually had that conversation and we brought some information out. You can celebrate that and then move on and, and take advantage of the mental health benefits of success of celebrating successes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tell me as we as we get ready to wrap up, what how do we best celebrate mental health successes, small and otherwise? We've talked about a few of them along the way, but I want to just kind of give you the floor. How do we best do that? I would say start now on practicing kindness for yourself. Um, you know, really looking into the way and how to congratulate yourself for even the smallest of tasks. When we're feeling good, it's easy to make those toaster waffles or to throw our clothes in the hamper, to take a shower. It's easy, right? It's part of our routine. There's nothing different about it. But when we're in a slump, we find that those everyday activities that were just part of our routine, they start falling to the wayside. So if you can even muster the energy to do those small tasks in the thick of it, being kind to yourself and acknowledging those accomplishments can create moments of reprieve in this otherwise difficult situation. And so in order to make that easier for when you are, you know, kind of feeling like you're underwater, you have to start now for practicing kindness for yourself. Like, and it's exactly what Michael was saying earlier, right? Like, we're going to finish this and we're going to be happy. Like, yes, it's over. We did it. Excitement. Um, Or, you know, the opposite of that is I could just choose to be like, all right, well, I have a meeting right after this. I have to go right into it. No, give yourself a break. Start practicing that now. So it's easier when you're feeling low. That's such a great suggestion. Showing, showing that, giving yourself that grace right away. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I want to, before before I let you go, can I kind of throw out a couple of things that I kind of read about and just get your take on it? Love that. Yes. Um, just little things that you could do. I was kind of focused on this, that things that wouldn't take a lot of time. You, you, 
you uh, achieve something, you're great. We all have we all have family networks, people who support us. How about just sending a quick little text to someone? Oh my God, I I don't know, I lost two pounds this week, or or wow, my boss just complimented me on the work that I did. How you think even something that tiny, just a quick little text, will give you what you need? I think it can, yeah, if you trust your support system to like acknowledge that with you. Um, and I think that, that that's a much longer discussion because, wow. you know, you really do want to surround yourself with people who like support your journey, but yeah, absolutely. I do that. Um, and of course, like I try to be humble about it by like starting the text with, okay, I'm not trying to have a big head, but I do have a big head. I just got to <laughs> tell you about this thing that happened. <laughs> and I am very blessed to have friends who would be like, yeah, go meet Aya. Yeah. And it is like, just Seeing that little acknowledgement, even if they only just react with the heart, that's enough for me to celebrate sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, um, it, it's such a, and the support network that you just talked about, we're doing, a, we're going to do a whole uh, video on building a personal support network. Maybe you can be a part of that. You said it's a deeper conversation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I can't wait to start getting into that. Just a couple of others. Let me just take a look. We talked about pampering ourselves buying a mm-hmm. gift but again not not breaking the bank on the gift um one of the ones that has helped for me and i just want to touch base on this is um celebrating the success by by acknowledging someone else's role in it so if we mm-hmm. have a really fantastic production there's a whole team of people that make these videos happen i will either text our project director, my boss, or I'll text our engineer. I'll say, oh my God, that was great. Thank you for the role that you played in that. And I, I'm kind of surprised over the years that giving someone else a little kudos, it, it, it makes me feel good. I bet that dopamine, a little bit of dopamine is kicking in. Is there, a, is there a, a foundation for that in the work that you do? Or am I making that up in my own head? No, if I had to, hearing your question right now, my first thought is, The reason it feels that way is one, when doing part of the reflection process, which is as you congratulate these other people, right? You're going through, okay, who helped me with this situation um, or event? You are subconsciously acknowledging that like you do have a good infrastructure around you to succeed. Um, And while it does feel really good when you do things on your own to know that you have support and backup is just as fulfilling as if you did it on your own, because you know that you have these individuals that have your back and also in their own way can acknowledge what you have done in this situation. So it's kind of like a feedback a little bit if I'm thinking about that. Um, So I can totally understand why, you know, as you congratulate other people, it feels good because you're like, yeah, I have these individuals who really had my back when I needed them because it would have been a lot harder had I done it on my own. The, the, before I let you go, the, the example I'm thinking of is my mother, who I'm blessed she's still with us. My mom saw inadvertently some pictures of my yard. Just mm-hmm. I was showing her something else, but she saw some of the, the uh, garden and she said to me on the phone, you know, Michael, that is a beautiful garden. And instantly I said, mom, you taught me how to do it. It, it, There would be nothing there alive. You taught me how to take care of plants and do all that. And we had this moment where I was like, I can't take credit for that. You helped me do that. And then in terms of treating, instead of treating myself, I sent her a plant. I had something sent to her that looked like something in my garden. So it wasn't even buying something for myself. It was doing something for someone else. But I felt 
really good in acknowledging someone else's role in what was perceived as my own accomplishment. Yeah. And there's care there. I, I feel and hear warmth and care in that sentence because she has in some way taught you this thing that you brought into your life as you grew older. And she probably didn't think that that was something that even was going to resonate with you later on. And so there is this caring and rapport there. And then even sending the plant right back to her, I'm sure it's like, hey, I want to continue this and just really acknowledge that this was so important to me. It's beautiful. I love that. She absolutely did not think that it was going to resonate. At the time, it was called chores. I I didn't even see it as something positive. She was like, get out there and plant this and do that and whatever. But you're right. I kind of retained it. And then when I bought my place, there was there was nowhere to plant anything. And I said, I got to warm this space up a little bit. And all those lessons came back to me about what to do. So you're absolutely right. I hope my mom watches this. She will acknowledge that it was at the time it was chores. It was chores. It wasn't <laughs> getting successes. Mirena Giddings, this has been another phenomenal conversation. Really appreciate it. You are an associate marriage and family therapist with hereyou.org. You're one of my favorite people to talk to. And I'm sure we're going to do it again if, if you're willing. I hope so. Absolutely. I love being here and getting to meet with the Brother Be Well community always. Thanks so much. You have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you soon. You as well. Thanks. And I want to thank somebody else as we're getting ready to wrap this puppy up. Uh, Our sponsor, Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative. We're thankful to them and all the work that they do. That Blue Sky Initiative boosts access to mental health support. You can learn all about that fantastic program at this website, bluesky.blueshieldca.com. For our audio podcast listeners, I'll say it again, bluesky.blueshieldca.com. Another website I'll quickly give you would be our own, brotherbewell.com. You can find out all kinds of information related to your own mental health journey, videos just like this one, audio podcasts, print pieces, links to resources. It's all right there for boys and men of color. And those boys and men of color are 12 and up. They're African-American. They're Latinx. They're Asian and Pacific Islander. They're Native and Indigenous. And they are the LGBTQIA plus community members, myself included, that support and enhance those communities. So you can find all that information at brotherbewell.com. My name again, Michael P. Coleman, content director for Brother Be Well. It's been great to be with you again. We don't take it for granted. I I dislike the the, the, uh, term goodbye. And so I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say until next time, do something for me. Take great care of yourself and then take great care of somebody else. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Brother Be Well podcast. I'm Leon Guidry. Shout out to our sponsor, Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative. It takes a village and we're doing our part to address and heal trauma while supporting parents and caregivers along the way. Thanks for stopping by. And remember, my brothers, be well.